What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jet, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Eric, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been a long time. We had, uh, well, you had graduation and stuff like that. I, have, I had work and the job search uh, taking control of my life. And obviously, yeah. uh, while you had grad, well, no, you didn't have graduation this semester. You had grad school. Say, you had grad say. school this semester. Not yet. Was, I wish. I wish. Not, not yet. Not dealing with school, dealing with work. Dealing with this podcast, which I love, obviously, <laughs> uh, but you know, a, a little bit of a, a hiatus from us. But we are we are back, and we're we're back with some more what if scenarios. Of course, if, that's if what you the... want. If you want to get into what the big topic is for this this week, of course, uh, the 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 podcast. If you don't remember, is all what if now? What if scenarios? We're creating brand new situations to uh, better. The inter- the sports entertainment industry. That's that's what yeah. we're all about. We want views. We want clicks. We don't care if it's functional. We just want to see it happen. We're we're tired of reading box scores. <laughs> we're tired of you know rereading stats. I, I don't get tired of reading stats, but I get tired of reading box scores. And that's pretty much what this podcast yeah. turned into over time. And you can only do so many. Um, what, what what did we do when we were picking the the weekly NFL games? I forget we were oh, picking like uh oh the spread spread picks. Well, we were also doing like we were picking like a standout. Oh, we were like we wanted like something to happen with yes. our fantasy team. So I want this guy to like <laughs> score three touchdowns. Enough of that. What if that didn't exist? And now <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah. What if fantasy football never existed? Jet would not. Jet would be. Just complete his his Sundays would be completely boring. If it didn't exist, I would have invented it. So. <laughs> yeah, and then and then to... like, what's the fun in talking about the NBA Finals when we already know the outcome that the Denver Nug- uh, Nuggets are going to do a gentleman sweep on the Miami Heat? Uh, what if the Miami <laughs> Heat won Game One though? Like, yeah, that's a big what that? if. I mean, I think this. This what if scenario is more likely than that. That happening right there. Oh, wow, just gotta make that. Gotta <laughs> knock down the shots. Maxers, Caleb Martin. Show, show, show everyone, Caleb Martin. Why, why you're Michael Jordan's nephew? Okay, so let's get into the <laughs> the better what if scenario. And this scenario is what if the NFL had a relegation structure, same to the. European Football League, but this relegation order, what we're calling it, is the North American Football League. We have decided to combine five different football leagues across the North American landscape. So going from bottom to top, let's we okay. we know which team's going <laughs> to be. We we know which league is going to be number one, <laughs> obviously, but. Where where should this all start from? The bot, where, what team can start in this league and work all the way up to the highest level like they do in the European Football League? And that league is the Indoor Football League. It is essentially the Amateur League, the entry-level league. It is a different style of football, yes, but still the basics around it and a way to work up slowly but surely. As you know, as you may know in the European Football League, it takes a lot to get to the upper echelons of that uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, 
entirely, I guess you could say, yeah. for one team to work their way through the leagues to get to the tippy top of the Premier League. But the IFL, the Indoor Football League, is the amateur league with 14 teams and roughly around 350 player uh, players within the league. Now, again, like I said, it's a very different style of football, but football nonetheless. Now, I want to tell you guys the a few of these teams within the division. I'll tell you the top three, and then I'll tell you the bottom three uh, based off of the 2022 two schedule, I believe, yep. because I, yep. I think they're still going on. In the Eastern Division, the top team was the Frisco Fighters. In the Western Division, the top team during the regular season was the Arizona Rattlers. And the winner of the IFL was the North Northern Arizona Wranglers. The team jet that ended up in last place in this entire league. They're not getting disbanded, no. They just have a very, very long time to work their way up. This is the bottom of the barrel of the entire NAFL. It is the Bay Area Panthers, who only won one game last year. And we, we didn't want to be too harsh. Like, we no. weren't going to like create some you know, random league <laughs> and, and relegate them even more. Like We, we have to be a little, little bit nice while we were constructing these, these relegation tiers. But, you know... Give Bay Area some more years and more chances to potentially, you know, advance up the ranks and may- maybe, you know, this season is forgotten about one in fifteen. Obviously, not great, um, but they, given given it's a it's a bigger league than some of the other leagues we're going to talk about in some of the the next tiers. Um, it definitely makes it a little bit more challenging to be that one team. Obviously, lower lower odds to get to the top, but good for the Northern Arizona Wranglers. Maybe <laughs> maybe they can continue to, to move up the ranks in this system we got going on. Exactly. And the league that they would be moving into is the Canadian Football League. Again, different style of football, but Definitely. still still basic in the understanding. That's why it's a bigger, more well-known league. That's why we have them at uh, the four slot. It's in comparison with the uh, League Two in the European Football League. Um, there is only nine teams in this league, which would stay the same, but there are 404 players. As I said again, uh, said just a minute ago, it's a bigger league. It's a more well-known league. Uh, it's more popular, I would say, and that is why we essentially called it the North American Football League instead of just the American Football League. We had to include the CFL and the top two teams in this league in the West Division was Winnipeg. In the East Division was Toronto, in which Toronto ended up winning the championship for the CFL. Now, the team that came in last place and would be relegated to the IFL would be, the, would be Edmonton with a 4-14 and record and only going one and eleven in the Western Division, Jet. Yeah, uh, for for a team that ha- actually has had a ton of success, so they they called the the championship for the Canadian Football League. It's called the Grey Cup. They've actually won it fourteen times. They haven't won it since since two thousand fifteen. Obviously, would be a little bit discouraging <laughs> to have to to relegate down to a a league with lower status. But for the team uh, that is coming up into this rank. 
uh, the, the Northern Arizona Wranglers, it, uh, there's actually a lot of benefits. because Obviously, the style of play for the CFL is a lot different than where we're going to talk about some of the other leagues, The obviously the big ones, NFL, XFL, so on. Uh, but the CFL has a lot of money to go around. Yes. They, they obviously have a whole country on their side in, in Canada. Obviously, there's, there's media rights deals to go around, and the salaries are are bigger as well. So it's as much as they are the fourth spot in this ranking, there are a ton of positives, especially coming from a team uh, within the IFL. Yeah, exactly. Mainly because we kept the CFL down at number four because of the very different style of play. That was really the only reason it, um, it does have a lot of benefit, uh, financial benefit benefits to it. But, uh, play wise, it is very different from the next, the next three leagues that are coming up and coming in at number three is the usfl which is the equivalent of league one in the european football league there are eight teams it is a decrease in the number of players with 360 players but in 2022 the winner of the usfl is the birmingham stallions and the team with the worst record in this league and being relegated to the CFL would be the Pittsburgh Maulers. And the reason why we're doing the 2022 record and champion is because the USFL is still going on as we speak, Jet. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of harsh, you know, with the, with the Pittsburgh Maul- Maulers demoting them. They just they were just established as a franchise in the uh, USFL. Maybe they need to step down a little bit. <laughs> But obviously they not, we're not ready, being that they were the worst the worst team in the USFL. Um, don't have obviously had, don't don't have any championship experience, so maybe this gives them the opportunity to grow their franchise a little bit. As for the Stallions, though, they're they're on the totally opposite side of things. They were founded uh, in 2022 and they won in 2022. Hey. So good good on them. Obviously they have what it takes. The players they have what it takes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they would fare in, in the next league, which is the XFL. Great transition, Jet. <laughs> this is the same as the Champions League. This league has eight teams. I think it's very well known at this point of the XFL. It does have a long history attached to its name with some hiatuses in yep. between the league seasons. It does have an increase in 408 players. That's what we love to see, being the second the second highest league, having the second most players within the league itself. The team that won this league was the DC Defenders with an 8-1 and record. Absolutely dominated this league last year, I believe. And coming in in last place, it's nearby us, Jet. It's the Orlando Guardians with a one in six record. I think, I think that the XFL and the USFL are the closest in quality. I would have to say between all of these leagues. So I think it could be a smooth transition for the team that's getting relegated in the Orlando Guardians and the Birmingham Stallions that are getting bumped up into the XFL. Yeah, and I can honestly tell you why the the Orlando Guardians have failed to really 
uh, established themselves as a franchise. Back in 2020, when the XFL previously played their their last season, they were known as the New York Guardians. So when you mm. when you're a New York based team, you bring a lot of negative energy down to a a a, a state of Florida that's absolutely firing on all cylinders. When you're talking about a professional sports franchise, I don't I don't really need to <laughs> ramble on there because that's not what this is about. But maybe it has a little bit to do with that. But for the Guardians, uh, they've got to channel that Orlando way. And see if they can get back up to the XFL. <laughs> Some may say that Orlando Magic. <laughs> and coming yeah, we, in, we don't we don't know in Orlando. I'm not. Well, I wasn't considering that when I said how great Florida sports teams. Have yeah, been yeah, so far. yeah, of course. And coming in, the top of the top, the cream of the crop is obviously the NFL. It's equivalent to the Premier League and the European Football League. There's 32 teams. There's over 1,600 active players in the NFL. The champion, as we know, the Super Bowl winners, the Kansas City Chiefs, Ben loves them. For what reason? I don't know. Maybe because he's from there. I I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. And... His partner is the is a fan <laughs> of the team that got relegated and who was a guest had a guest appearance on here on this podcast a long long time ago. Lindsay, her favorite team, the Chicago yes. Bears, ended up with the worst record all across the NFL and will be demoted to the XFL to take the place of the DC Defenders who are getting brought up. And Jet, real question here. Yeah. If the Commanders faced off against the Defenders, <laughs> who's winning? I gotta say the Commanders. Uh, we're still we're still dealing with NFL franchises here. I, I would expect the Bears to dominate the XFL, but my expectations maybe don't always pan out in terms, and especially for a team like the Chicago Bears. Um, that would be very interesting. I I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think of all the the demotions that we've seen that we've we've discussed i think the bears would be obviously the most disappointing when you're at that stage and there's 32 of the teams and the one team that can't finish in the top 31 is the bears and you got to get demoted to a league which we're going to talk about the salary cap structure is extremely different and for those players in terms of the morale perspective um it's it's not a change because you're also playing in front of fewer fans smaller stadium it's a mess, but for the Bears, that, that's what happens when you're yes. the worst team. I mean, you, it really, when you're talking about the, the relegations and stuff like that and how the Bears are still playing at Soldier Field, but they're then going to have to be playing against the San Antonio's, uh, the uh, like Arlington Renegades, uh, right. which I, I feel like they may be playing at a college stadium, in a lower quality college stadium. But that's how the European Football League does it and how they, they're – Teams that get that move up and get the promotion and play in higher leagues against higher higher quality teams. When those teams have to visit, yeah, I mean they gotta deal with what they got. But also, those teams that are got have gotten a promotion, they'll reinvest into mm-hmm. the team to make Definitely. sure that they can stay in the league that they just got promoted into. So. Definitely. You may be asking, man, that's a lot of leagues. Do we have the football players to play within all of those leagues? And yes, we absolutely do. Roughly, there's about 73,000 college football players every year. 
with roughly around 16,000 of those becoming draft eligible. So there, and with all these leagues combined, counting all these players, roughly it adds up to approximately 3,300 players or 3,300 players. So there's more than enough. I mean, that, that's more than enough to cover for all college football players to cover throughout all these leagues. And you know what? It gives everybody a chance to keep playing the sport that they love and getting essentially paid, even though at some point at some levels it may be very bare minimum, but it still gives players a chance to continue to play and continue to work up to the hopeful dream that one day they can play in the NFL. So are we saying that some Alabama players are going to be playing in the IFL? Maybe, man. Maybe some of their punters. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a very interesting you know thing to think about when when you have all these teams. Kind of obviously they're all assembled in one league, but they all could be interchangeable, and some of these leagues could be totally different. Like five years down the line, you could be looking at like. Half of the NFL teams in the XFL and half of the XFL teams in the NFL, and it's just a totally different dynamic. But I think it it creates a lot of parity because then there's also different cities that are going to be explored. Some cities are going to have more than one teams in this league, which also makes things a lot in, very interesting. Um, but I know as a fan, if, if my Dolphins were to get demoted to the XFL, I don't know how I would be able to watch a game. <laughs> you would, I think, the following season you'd be pretty ecstatic with ecstatic with how dominant they could possibly be true that's that's true i mean we're xfl champions i'll, I'll take it and then we're back right back right in the nfl and maybe some momentum exactly back towards maybe a super Bowl. so exactly so obviously this is a whole brand new system there has to be some rules that are that be put in place so that it can be an easier transition when this all starts obviously we can't think of every possibility or every outcome but we try to hit the basics, I would have to say. So throughout the entire NAFL, the winner of each conference replaces the worst record team of the conference above them. The lowest tier that a NFA, NAFL team can go is... Gotta get used to saying that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> is the IFL. And the highest a team can go is the NFL. Now... What about the draft? Obviously, we're talking about college football players. How does the draft work? The winner of the lower-ranked conference, so let's just say, keep it simple, the winner of the XFL, the D.C. Defenders, will not only replace the worst team in the Chicago Bears, but will receive the first overall pick along with all the first picks of, in each round. Essentially, they're comp picks after, after the first round. It gives the pushed-up team a chance to be competitive with the teams that are already in the league. Obviously, there is a massive difference in each level. The closest margin is the XFL and the USFL. But when talking about the NFL and the XFL, that's a big margin in, the, in the style of play and, not, and also the players themselves. So giving these teams the comp picks of the first pick in each round gives them a better chance to stay in the league in the upcoming season. 
Absolutely, because you don't want a team coming in from the XFL with their current roster as as previously constructed, having to deal with some of these NFL teams. It's just not going to end well. So for you got to help out all of these lower ranked teams as much as possible, so the landscape in the NFL or any of the other leagues does remain as competitive as it was before. And the hope is that you know, team like these types of teams have the people in place to make these kinds of decisions to get the right players on the roster, uh, but you just don't want to see a bunch of 50 to nothing games between an XFL, a previous XFL team and a current NFL team, which would cause some, you know, competitive, um, you know, not, not competitiveness around the league. So that, that's extremely important. And the, the loser of the higher ranked conference, let's say the Chicago Bears, yeah. they'll be demoted and they will receive the last pick of each round in that conference's draft. So they're picking last in the XFL draft. Again, it's almost essentially like the traditional comp picks that we have come to know and love. Right. It gives the other teams in this already established conference a chance to be competitive with the Bears. It gives them a, it gives the who's the who's the number 2 team? The Houston Roughnecks a chance to compete with right. the Chicago Bears. And so it just it makes them have to also earn their way back to the top of the NFL. They're still, I mean, I think it can be a quick transition back up, but they may switch place with another NFL team. It doesn't have to be right. the prior the DC Defenders in this situation. And another interesting thing to think about, you could look around, you know, the XFL a lot. I mean, I would say a large majority of those players on those teams were former NFL players. So when you have former NFL players obviously going against current NFL players and the Bears, you could look at their roster. Um, it, it's not great. And it, it really could be very interesting to see how some of these XFL teams would, would fare against them. Exactly. Now, Jet, this is mainly your section. It is the yes. salary cap section. This also allows for a more more competitive atmosphere at both levels, the promotion and demotion of both teams. Yeah, so this this is obviously very important. Um, it was a little bit challenging to find all the necessary information because some of the leagues, other than the NFL, don't publicly display some of this salary cap information, whether it's for the team as a whole or for the specific players on each of the teams. But, you know, the, the big league, the NFL, obviously the one we all know about and Plenty of information about um, currently uh, going into 2023, the salary cap available for every team is 224.8 million. I remember that number because it's only going to go down from here as, <laughs> as, we, as we move down the, the pecking order uh, in this league. You go down to the XFL, you're at 5 million for teams. So for those players earning what they're earning as an NFL player, it's going to be a big difference. And I'll get into more detail how that would actually work out with the Chicago Bears. Uh, moving down the list, another you know, downgrade uh, from $5 million to $3 million per team for the USFL. Um, and then it gets a little interesting. When you go down to the CFL, based on how I structured it, they do have a little bit of money at their disposal just because of the, the way the league has been set up and the amount of money they have generated throughout their league's history. So as much as you're getting demoted in terms of style of play and competitiveness – could be potentially making a little bit more with seven million uh, per team for their salary cap, and then going down to the IFL, a pretty steep drop off if you're all the way at the top to the bottom. IFL is two million 
uh, salary cap or team. What what stands out to you about those numbers? Because obviously it, the the big one to the little one's a big difference. Obviously and stuff like that, but it it prevents tanking essentially, yeah. and it a lot and it really makes the players care. They obviously do. They love the sport. They're playing. They're playing it as a career. But it makes them really. There are some players out there that just want the paycheck. And right. if that team gets demoted and you're on that team, guess what? Your paycheck gets demoted as well. Yeah. Definitely. Now definitely. I have I have a question for you. Yeah. Would you say? And we'll talk about uh, like free agency and players specifically and stuff like that. But could you? Bef- before we go into more detail about that, could you see, let's say, a free agent in the at the NFL level? Could you see, and they're not getting any gigs and stuff like that. Could you see them going all the way down to the CFL in order to get paid more than they would be at the XFL and USFL? Yes, it's a different style. Yes, it is the second lowest league in this second lowest conference. I'll say in this entire league. But do you think that is a possibility? I could see a player primarily choosing one of the better CFL teams because not only if you, if you pick if you pick that CFL team that has the best chance to skyrocket up the the league, you could potentially get back in the NFL without actually having to get on an actual NFL team because you could just ride that CFL team in the hopes of getting to that spot. But I could see I could see a possibility where a lot of those NFL players that are having trouble finding jobs just going right to the XFL, going to those best teams. With those teams obviously having the best chance to make that next step up to the NFL, uh, why not take advantage? Sure, you'll you'll have to make a little bit less your your while you're playing with an XFL team. But as soon as that XFL team, if they win, you make it to the NFL your pay is just going to get so much bigger. And I think, I think it could be worth it in the end. Okay. So while talking about players, team rosters, since the cap is going to be cut down from the loser team of each conference, that means that there is a potential to have, to choose to cut some players off of their roster to stay under the new cap. Now, Jet, you said that that, isn't really a high possibility, but it's still, it still is possible. And these cut players will end up in contract free agency. Uh, this will occur before legitimate free agency, as we all know it, where a team in, in that conference will be able to sign that cut player to, a, to his pre-existing contract. It just essentially transfers over to the new team that is going to be able to stay within the league yeah, absolutely and and for most of these teams that i went through and crunched the numbers on there weren't any players i had to cut and i think a lot of that has to do with the large disparity from like the nfl going down to the xfl because when you the way i do it which i'll explain here in a little bit um it caused the players to still to stay as when you combine all their their individual salary caps to stand on under that number but let's get into let's get into a, a team specific example i want to Primarily highlight the Bears because obviously everyone is familiar with the Bears given that they do play in the NFL. All these numbers are based on the salary caps heading into the 2023 season. Though that data was the most readily available. As it currently stands, uh, the Bears were using 196 million of their total cap, so about 28 remaining. When you convert that into what the XFL, XFL cap is, so they would have five million dollars to spend. Uh, basically how I did it, so say DJ Moore right now on the Bears is making $20.165 million. 
That's also 9% of the total cap spent by the Chicago Bears. And I used the proportion. So if he's making 8, 9% for the NFL, he's also going to be making 9% of what, whatever that XFL salary cap is. So, DJ Moore, please, you know, plug, plug your ears while you listen to this because <laughs> it's a big difference. $448,510 for DJ Moore for the 2023 season. Jeez. Initial reactions to that number. That's... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's probably just one of his paychecks at the NFL level right there, and it's yeah. just his entire yearly salary. And I mean, that sucks. But hey, man, you 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 got to go out there and perform and try to get back to that to that twenty six million dollar contract as soon as possible. Yeah, look, there's just there's just no way with with how the XFL is currently constructed for them to have the the ability to have the funds available to pay these guys even close to what they're making at the NFL level. It's just it's just not there yet. I think something to think about. Maybe you have thoughts on this. If if all these teams were com- or if all these leagues were combined into the one big league, you think maybe there would be more funds to go around? Maybe maybe because these caps were set by me based off of how they're currently structured, do you think we would see an increase in some of these caps throughout these leagues? I think there absolutely would have to be a, a more degrading structure, more yeah. a, a, a little bit of a declining slope instead of a absolute drop right. off that it is right now. But I, a question that I want to ask you is when, an, if in this scenario, when an NFL team gets demoted, isn't that going to really drive that team being in that conference in the XFL? Isn't that going to bring in a lot more revenue now? Right. It, it should, because you have to think about it like this, the bears, they're still going to be playing in the same stadium in, in Chicago. It's going to be in, it, like, they're going to still be able to generate all that revenue, all those same bears fans. I would assume would still be coming to those games, even though they're not in the same league. So as far as like ticket revenue, you know, concession stand revenue, all that, I think the part where it kind of hurts, you know, a team like the Bears would be like a media rights deal. You're not going to yeah. get that that same package. You're not going to get a lot of the same sponsorships. Um, so there's there's some you know there's some pros and cons to uh, in terms of the, the money part of it. But they, I, I do agree. I think like if if we were looking at this league as a whole, um, I, I could see like where a scenario where the NFL is 224 million, maybe the XFL is like. 150, 175 mil. It's not a crazy drop off, but you still you're still getting dinged a little bit because your team yeah. did lose and you you deserve to be dinged. So DJ Moore, your highest paid player on the Chicago Bears at 480 thousand. Some other, I'll, I guess I'll highlight the 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 uh, least expensive player on this team. So Jack Sanborn currently making 872 thousand, about a half a percent of the Bears total salary cap. He would be making a staggering nineteen thousand four hundred six dollars. Oh my god, that's not even livable right there. <laughs> and I mean, that's why I think the potential for cutting a player is possible, because yeah. like you kind of at that point, like he may decide to retire then, and then you're losing a NFL a quality player. Essentially, maybe there's a better XFL player, but you're still losing an NFL quality player because. No, I'm only making nineteen thousand dollars, man. Yeah. I can get a job. I can get uh, like an That's hourly true. wage job that pays more than that. So let me ask this because we we talked about this a little bit before, but those types of players that are at the bottom of a of an NFL team at, at the onset and then get demoted to the XFL, do you think? And I know it's hard. A lot of these guys are under contract, but 
if someone like him, if he has a chance to go play in the XFL and make more money than that, because that that contract that he's making at the at the NFL level, if he was already on an XFL team, would would be a lot more than nineteen thousand. So yeah, no, I I I think so. I think it 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 adds a whole new element into uh, players' decisions with uh, like they're essentially a brand new free agency because players will be able to sign at any level or conference. They don't have to make the, they don't have to stay within the structure of the system. The teams do. The players don't. The players can fluctuate whenever they want and however they want. They can go from lower to higher or higher to lower if they're not getting the opportunities that they think they might have. And this this allows as I said earlier, allows players to continue playing the game for additional years while hopefully making a livable income. Yes. IFL, it's going to be very hard to make a livable income, but it still allows you to play the game part-time or something like that. But like an example is a mid-tier player coming back from, let's say, an ACL injury could sign with the XFL for one year and then possibly try with the NFL the year after that. And maybe he can join the best XFL team and just automatically, boom, he's bumped up. His pay raise bumped up to NFL standards. Or he can just sign with a mid-tier XFL team and just take a chance on a mid-tier NFL team the year after. And one other thing I did want to mention, because people are probably thinking, like, what about all the, the dead money that, that the Bears had? And, and they have plenty of that, over $23 million in dead money. The, the big one, Robert Quinn is owed $13 million um, on an XFL budget that is not sustainable and that cannot be paid off so basically what i thought to do here um it would be assumed that the nfl teams would have to pay off and it's a lot all that dead money before they get down to the xfl level because what robert quinn what his original contract was that was that contract and it's not converted to xfl money because that's dead money at this point is he's not an active player on their roster so in this type of scenario all that money is off the books and the uh, Bears assume, assume to be taking all that money off the books. But the last thing I want to highlight in terms of teams, because we're talking about the Bears moving down the ranks to the XFL, what about the D.C. defenders? What, what are these guys going to yeah. be making now as they move up to the NFL? Because <laughs> we talk about a significant downgrade. These guys are going to be feeling pretty good once they get this significant upgrade here. And it's interesting with the XFL. Um, the majority of the players make the same amount of money because how the XFL pay structures work, you get paid a certain amount of money per game or, or per week, and then you also get a stipend for housing. And then if your team makes the playoffs, you get money. If you win the championship, you also get money. So it's a lot of incentives-based because yeah. they also get money for wins as well. Um, but we have, let's see, we have 35 different players that are going to be making the same exact amount, and that's also the highest amount on this team. on this team. is their NFL contract now as they're in the NFL. That's compared to 69,000 with the XFL. So obviously a a significant, significant upgrade there, but that that's NFL money, like 3 million uh, for, for example, their starting quarterback, uh, Derek King, 3 million for a quarterback at the NFL level. That's not even on par with, with an app, with what an average quarterback is making. Uh, So for them, it's, it's a lot coming from where they were, but it's still nowhere near where they they could be making. And for the XFL, for for this team now in the NFL, the defenders, 
they could actually give some of these players more money if they want to get into negotiations for for some some of these contracts because they're only using 134 of their total 224 million cap. They have 90 million left, so they could add that on to some of their current players. They have the flexibility to now get some of those marquee free agents and and scoop them up from some of those other NFL teams. So this kind of cap flexibility is going to help a team like the Defenders and allow them, which we talked about, trying to make sure these teams get competitive as they get to these higher leagues. And with this increased cap, it allows the the Defenders to, yeah. do, to do just that. So, I mean, it seems like you're t- like when you are promoted, man, you get a massive promotion team-wise and player-wise. They are just bumped up incredibly. And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, it really does make, I think it makes it so highly competitive every single year for every single league. Because you're, as a player on any, at any level, ex, except for the NFL, you want a good chance to get promoted yep. and, and, get you a step closer to even the Canadian football league or the NFL. Like if you're in the USFL and you're the Birmingham, you're a player on the Birmingham stallions who just got promoted to the XFL. You're like, I am, we are one championships away from me making a million dollars. I mean that, and then vice versa, looking at the NFL players, you're, you're going to be scrapping so your yeah. pay doesn't get cut into the tens of the hundreds of thousands, which is still a very much a livable income, but at the style that they're living at the NFL, it is not. But it makes everyone scrap to either get up into the promotions or to avoid being in the demotions. Yeah, then the level of motivation, especially for like an NFL team, and I mean, I think it destroys like any any form of tanking because you do not want to be that team that finishes last. Um, I, I think it creates a lot of you know a lot more competitiveness among. Like, I don't. I think if this was implemented into like 2022, maybe the Bears don't trade all their all their all their solid contributors like Roquan Smith on the defensive end and and some other guys as well. I think it changed a lot of stuff. But you mentioned like the. The significant upgrade and then also a significant downgrade. When you get down to like the XFL, to the USFL, or the USFL up to the XFL, the increases or decreases in pay aren't as crazy, obviously, because those leagues are more comparable in terms of salary caps. Um, but there are still obviously some differences when, you, especially when you go down from like the the CFL to the IFL, because those those salary cap structures are are very different compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, and um. Obviously, the next big thing that we have to talk about is the scheduling. How we yes. have f- f- five new conferences within this one league. How is this yeah. going to work? And we we talked about it a little bit beforehand, stuff like that. And I think we came up on the uh, best solution just because of continuity purposes. They are all playing at once. They are playing in the fall in in winter and stuff like that with the NFL schedule and stuff like that. Obviously there are different, different weeks, uh, sorry, different lengths of seasons. So you can start at roughly different times. Um, so I would, I I would say for continuity purposes, for draft purposes, free agency purposes, and just the promotion and demotion purposes, they do all have to start to start 
within the re- same relative time frame. What, what would you have to say about that, Jet? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree because the, the problem is, with, which which what we talked about before the show, is if there's some of these leagues playing at different times, it kind of messes with the, the structure of how this league was initially assembled because you'd have a team that's already wrapped up winning, but that team can't get promoted until another league is done. So everything being at the same time makes a lot more sense. Obviously, when these different leagues are going to be playing and where they're going to be televised is a, is a whole other thing. I'm sure we're going to get into um, in, in a little bit, but for, for continuity purposes, they need to be around like similar. Like I, you can stagger them a little. I feel like yeah. I don't think you have to start everything like no. beginning of September, yeah. end of August. I think that would be a little too much, especially when you have some of these other leagues. I don't think you need to be playing like an 18, 17, 18 game schedule, like, like the NFL or, or another league plays, um, with the fewer teams in some of these other leagues, you can make it smaller schedules. I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to have all their championships and at, at similar times, not all on the same day, but you can have smaller schedules for some of the smaller leagues, keep the set schedules for the NFL and, and the XFL. I think the XFL is only playing like 10 games. I think the USFL is the same way. So you can actually expand some of those schedules. Uh, but I, I think a staggered start with like, you know, obviously the college game starts usually end of August, and you could start the NFL September. Maybe, maybe you don't start the XFL till mid September, along with the USFL, and then maybe the CFL and the IFL maybe beginning of October because they could still all end in similar times. Yeah, I, I like that, and almost have how there's um, essentially like bowl week for college football. Yeah. It's championship yeah. week for the NAFL. Yeah, you could, you could do something like that, and it could be a build up to where then Sun Sunday it. There's five leagues, so like Sunday could be obviously Super Bowl. Um, maybe right. Friday could be the XFL championship. Friday or Saturday, the USFL could be Wednesday. The CFL and the IFL could be a Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. and and, Definitely, and yeah, and do something like that. And where yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good plan. Like the IFL on a Monday, CFL CFL on a Tuesday, break on Wednesday. Because I think those two tiers are very are closer together than the next two, and then have the USFL on Thursday, the XFL on Friday, and then the Super Bowl and the NFL on Sunday. Yeah, why not? Why, what about but what about like games games during the week? Where, where what days do you foresee some of these leagues playing? On? So yeah, and this is mainly for national tv playtime that's what really only anyone cares about um i suggest that only the top three leagues or conferences the nfl the xfl and the usfl will be getting should be getting regular nfl tv games nfl should be getting sundays and mondays nobody even likes thursday Thursday night football. No one does. Yeah, the fans true. don't. The teams don't. It's a shortened week. No one likes it. So give it to give it to the other leagues to use as a way to promote each team. The XFL. They get, let's say Tuesday, Wednesday. All right, because mm-hmm. it you want continuous football. You want continuous views. So let's keep building on that. The USFL. They can have Thursday and Friday and stuff and stuff like that. You can't, t- you cannot use Saturday. Saturday is college football. Everyone knows it. Don't even try to touch it. You're not going to get right. the views that you want in comparison to these other, these other days. The IFL and the CFL, 
they don't get any national TV games unless it's their championship game, in which obviously that has promotion and demotion impl- implementations. Implicate. Oh my gosh. Implications. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I can't say that word for some reason. <laughs> so obviously, at some point in the week, you got to put them on national TV. Um, right. So, and like I said, you got to avoid Saturdays. That's. But I, I think that's a that's a good national TV playtime. Yeah, I mean it, that makes a lot of sense. We talk a lot about NFL players not even not liking Thursday night. Scrapping that makes makes total sense. Keep it on the two days that everyone really can you know gather behind and not worry about other games later in the week. Those are the, those are the two days for the NFL. And I mean, there's still going to be NFL uh, football on, on every day of the week, pretty much in terms of on on national TV. Um, my, my, I have a question though. Do you think for a team, for example, like the Bears, they're they're playing on you know the XFL league now. They they have their primary TV contract with, with whatever network that is, whether whether they're playing their games on ESPN, NBC, CBS, Fox. Um, do you think that the XFL would want a team like the Bears um, have special? Not, I don't want to say special privileges, but playing in certain time slots because. The Bears, being an NFL, a former NFL team, in, in this you know assumption, they could potentially bring in a lot more viewers. So, do you think, in terms mm, of, do you think they should get primetime cool. slots? Do you think they should be on the same network that all the other XFL games are on? Because um, I think you probably do need some consistency. But how do you think the, the XFL should go about airing Bears games? That's tough because it's it's also not just airing bear games it's bear games themselves i mean the xfl right. being on a tuesday and wednesday night that's hard to bring in fans on those yeah. those nights there's no right. di- there's no doubt about that but i mean at the nfl level fans go out monday night it's still yeah. a work night it's the beginning of the True. work day and stuff like that so i mean i don't think maybe you could do it wednesday night it's the middle of the week and stuff like that it's it's i think it's more easily accessible than like a tuesday night i would have to say so i i think that you still you get like the 8 30 times time slot at the xfl on a wednesday night against whatever team to get as much revenue as possible and then network wise i think I think it's uh, it's tough because the, XFL games are currently primarily on ESPN and ABC. Okay, so I think that is a you want you want uh, these broadcasting rights to be fluid enough to where they can yeah. transfer from league to league. Right. It's almost I think uh, each individual network should have the broadca- broadcasting rights to the teams within those conferences. Like, let's say Fox gets the NFL, ESPN okay. gets the XFL, CBS gets the USFL, and then sense. you don't really have to... Then those networks can fight over the championship games for the CFL and the IFL. Yeah, because that, that's, a, that's a good point, because I, I believe, like, pretty, pretty much every NFL team has some sort of local TV station yeah. that they, they air those types of games on. So obviously there's some things to think about there, but yeah, if you put every league on a certain network, I think it clears a lot of, a lot of things up. And I think the transferring from teams from different leagues to different leagues makes, makes a lot more sense when you know the specific network that you should be going to. Yeah, so. exactly. I think, and it's easier for the fans too, as yeah. well. 
And then it's up to those broadcasting networks to uh, obviously the most coveted is the NFL. And it it depends on, it's really like NBC, CBS, or the Fox. I don't think ESPN has the money to bid with those, those media companies. Whoever gets that, there you go. You get the NFL and then next goes the XFL, the USFL. And then if there is a media company that wants to own the broadcasting rights of the IFL, the CFL, and sell them as a package of some sorts, I think that they're capable of doing that. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Jet, you told me that you have a you have a ranking essentially yes. of, a, of a, almost of all the teams within the NAFL. Now I do want, I want to maybe hear the most interesting or the, the, yeah, I would, I would, I would want to say the most interesting or ones that stuck out to you before I do that. I want to, I want to see if you okay. can get this correct. So in the top 10, uh, so I'll just, we'll just do this in the top 10. How many non, non NFL teams are there? I would say zero. That's actually that's actually incorrect. There wow. are a total of it's, it's funny. There's there's five non NFL teams, so half and half. And just so everyone understands how I constructed this, it's a combination of offensive stats, so like points per game, pass yards, rushing yards per game, uh, defensive stats, all the same stuff, but obviously on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, every league has different style of play. There, there were some leagues that I looked into that they just were averaging like over 200 rushing yards a game, and and, and in another league there there were like no rushing involved. So obviously that's something to take into consideration. Uh, but I wanted something to kind of rank these teams, and yeah, so there's there's five non NFL teams in the top five. The, there's an NFL team in the top spot. Do do you know who that is? I would say I'm gonna guess the Eagles. So the Eagles are number three. It's okay. the San Francisco 49ers oh. that come in at the number one spot. Um, obviously, they, they are an extremely talented team, and in rightfully so, they are at the top of this. What about the bottom team? Do you, First of all, is the bottom team an NFL team? No. Incorrect. Whoa. Yeah. The bottom team in your bottom rankings team. is an NFL team. It's very interesting because the bottom two teams – there's a pretty significant disparity from the bottom two and then everyone else. Bottom two are NFL teams. Bottom two? Yeah. The Bay Area Panthers in this quasi-ranking that you created are higher than the two, two they are. And NFL again, teams. You have to take into consideration, like, these are primarily – I mean, these are pretty much all based off of stats. And clearly – and I know it. I get it. Like the, the it's almost Texans, like efficiency within the leagues, right? I mean, it, like the thing. The thing is, it's like the Texans Bears are obviously going up against teams like the San Francisco 49ers yeah. and the Eagles, and it's it's a much tougher. Like I didn't I didn't implement like strength of schedule into this, but we're taking all of that that stuff aside, and if we're com- comparing all these teams, the best way that I could think of. So you got the Bears in 70th, and the Texans in last at 71. Um, I'll read off. I'll read off the top ten and bottom ten just for the just yes. for the fun of it. Yes. Tell me if anything stands out to you. 49ers, Bills, Eagles, New Jersey Generals out of the <laughs> USFL, the Seattle Sea Dragons out of the XFL, the Birmingham Stallions out of the USFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers out of the CFL, and the Frisco Fighters out of the IFL. That's crazy. You have an IFL. 
Wow. Yeah, the IFL, the IFL has some pretty pretty explosive offensive teams, and I know different style of play. But I'll, I'll read you really quick some of, some of the stats for um, this this team that I didn't hear of prior to doing this. <laughs> the, the Frisco Fighters. Uh, so they. So I had to I had to normalize it a little bit because some of the leagues play a different amount of games, but they were averaging forty eight point six points per game. Jeez. During during their schedule, and obviously maybe there's just no defense in this league. That's pretty much what it is indoors. No no elements dealing with them. Um, averaged about 110 rush yards a game. Averaged about 142 pass yards a game. Total 252 yards a game. So some of those numbers are towards the bottom, but the points kind of help that then move up the ranks. So yeah, yeah we got an IFL team maybe. Maybe down the line we would see the first go fighters going up all the way to the NFL. Yeah, man. Jeez, it sounds like they can easily compete with the USFL team right now. Oh, my gosh. What are the bottom 10 teams? Bottom 10 from worst. Uh, so we got the Texans, Bears, Edmonton Elks out of the CFL, the Oof. Sasquatchin Rough Riders out of the CFL, <laughs> the Vegas Vipers out of the XFL, the LA Rams, wow. the Pittsburgh Maulers, Houston Gamblers, and the Indianapolis Colts. Wow, there! I'm surprised that the NFL has like has the largest quantity within that sample size, right there. Yeah, it's again, it speaks to the competitive nature of some of those teams just not getting it done. But it also, you could think about it in this way: like some of these teams in some of these other leagues, with their styles of play, obviously they'd have to change some things. But maybe they have some talented guys that would be able to hang with some of these other tougher leagues and tougher teams. It, so. I mean, it does sound like it. I mean, yeah. that, that, that is a very interesting ranking system that you came remember up with. Remember the team, Frisco Fighters. <laughs> remember them. Uh, just remember, we were the first to bandwagon. <laughs> exactly. We built the bandwagon. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Oh, my gosh. That's, that, that's extremely interesting. I mean, I, well, one thing I'll mention, okay. like, we didn't because we didn't talk about them because they didn't win their league. They they finished fifteen and three in, in the IFL yeah. in twenty twenty two. So they obviously know what they're doing. Um, yeah, remember the name. Just just remember the name. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so Jed, I mean, how after talking about this all between us and uh, really taking an in depth look about the the structure of the NAFL, I mean how. If this were to be implemented, let's say, in 2033, 10 years down the road, I mean, how would you feel? I would love it. I think I think you could, would agree with this. Like, you can never have too much football. And I think having some of, like, a lot of the problems for, like, for at least me, when I'm watching an XFL game, it's just, it's very hard because obviously the talent's not great. Uh, but if, if some of these NFL teams fall down to the XFL, there's some parody and you get to watch some of, you know, your favorite players on another level and you're able, you have a reason now to watch a diff- different kind of football. Obviously we just scratched the surface on the logistics. We were, there's probably thousands of other things that have to go into consideration to make something like this happen. Will it happen? I don't think there's been any preliminary <laughs> discussions of this even being a thing. This could um, be the start. It could be the start. I think when we look at like soccer, um, I think a lot of those leagues are probably more similar in terms of not only the money aspect, but maybe more the, the competitive and the, the level of play. Um, 
But this would be something remarkable if this were to happen. Obviously, it's, it's a what-if scenario, and I think there's, there's plenty of potential for it. There's just a ton of things to work out, and I don't know if Roger Goodell cares enough to try and think about <laughs> these things. So, Dude, just, what do ima- you think, though? just imagine the, uh, the fantasy Fantasy uh, football. I mean, there could be more. Fantasy NAFL? Is that what we're going to call it? <laughs> Imagine that draft. Oh, my gosh. Imagine the scoring system that has to be determined on that. That would be insane. Like, you could get some MVP level, like, 30 points a game at the IFL level that no one's heard of because they're all consumed by the XFL and the uh, the NFL players. Do you know offhand, though? Like, if... if- if fantasy soccer or fantasy football in, in, in Europe is, is, do they have like something similar have, to that? I, I have no, I have no clue on that. I think that it would, if this were to be implemented talking about fantasy purposes, you would have to just, if it's a whole new league with individual conferences, I think fantasy football, it's just a con- huge conglomerate. And then each player dependent on their, uh, Almost like I think you would have to have multiple drafts depending on each conference. Like you would have to have an NFL draft. Like you can draft uh, three players from the NFL, three from the XFL, three from each league to make a roster of like 15. And then each of those players has their own individual scoring system based off of their conference. So let me ask you this. In a dynasty league, would you take the Frisco Fighters starting quarterback TJ Edwards – or Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City. That's years. tough, man. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Based well, off- let, me, let me give you some background on on Mr. Edwards because okay. I don't know if you're familiar with his game. Um, he was he was resigned to the Frisco Fighters this year. He threw for a total of 1,400 yards with 26 touchdowns. Also added on 800 rushing yards with another 28 <laughs> touchdowns. So I'm taking like Edwards. Edwards has a and, and he's six one, 200 pounds. Um, seems like a specimen based off of just the eye test. Dude, I would um, just want him to keep re-signing in the IFL and not move up and just dominate, man. That, that I mean, that could that adds a whole extra five layers of fantasy and like of whether like how you want to manage a team. Do you want to just go like absolutely dominant in the IFL and then just subpar in the NFL level, or do you want those dominant players in the NFL level and go subpar in the IFL? Because it I mean, is a, not, yeah. it's it's a low they in the IFL, it is lower quality players that you're right. that you're banking on. But man, if you get C.J. Edwards, like <laughs> he may get you fifty four total <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, he may get you forty five a week. <laughs> I I mean I I'm answering my own question, but I'm taking Edwards more yeah. fantasy points in twenty twenty two when you compare the two. Ben, it sounds like C.J. Edwards <laughs> is better than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Yeah, I think we we gotta start scouting him for for our upcoming fantasy drafts, and maybe maybe see if we can see if there's a way to draft him. I haven't tried yet, but maybe maybe there's a way. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, I mean, I this was this was a very interesting and uh, unique what if scenario that me and Jet uh, came up with, and I'm actually very happy with the outcome of it and yes. the uh, and the results that uh, we we found and interesting. Um, Interesting factoids that we also found. Like I would have never, if this never, if we never came up with this scenario, I would never know that C.J. Edwards was the greatest of all time. T.J. Don't give him P.J. T.J. 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 Don't disrespect me. Come on. on. (laughs) That T.J. Edwards is gonna 
be better than Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, wow. All right, guys. Thank you guys. We'll leave it with that. TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards. We'll leave it with that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed this what-if scenario. We'll be back with the next one soon enough. Peace out.